0: Today, on Real Life Radio.
1: That word grace is carous. It's impossible to get. It's impossible to earn. It's impossible to achieve. It's impossible to buy it. It's impossible to find it. It's God's given grace freely. God distributes it. It's His choice. And it's something that transcends the economy of this world. It's the grace of God.
0: This is Real Life Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire disguised as the answer to all our problems our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth the good news is that the truth of the bible is the cure in pastor jack hibbs new book called living in the days of deception he exposes the lies with knowledge experience and scripture in a world of deceit this book is a powerful tool for answers and for truth from the inspiring forward written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapter, Living in the Days of Deception is a powerful must-read. Let the deception of this world stop here. Order Living in the Days of Deception today by making a gift of any amount to the ministry of real life. Order now and you'll receive exclusive bonus video content by Pastor Jack. Go to jackhibbs.com days. That's D-A-Z-E, days. jackhibbs.com days. On today's edition of Real Life Radio, Pastor Jack continues his new series called 1 Corinthians with a message titled, Our Royal Route to Heaven. Now, 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of God in Corinth, and this is a study on how to stay true to the gospel of Jesus Christ and how not to be caught up in human-born philosophies. You see, Jesus came to show us the route to heaven, and it's why He cannot overlook when we sin or sway off course. And Today, Pastor Jack teaches that the Christian's roadmap to eternity has been given to us by the grace of God. The evidence of His grace is the power to resist temptation and sin when it comes. Now, with his message called, Our Royal Route to Heaven, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs.
1: Get it for Joshua, I pray that you would do it for us, and that is you'd cause the clock to stand still. So, Father, bless now your word to our hearts in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Church, grab your Bibles this morning and turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and you need to pray for me to have self-control. Why? I have gone crazy in enjoyment of preparing this message. It has been a blast to be reminded of the things that God has done for you and I. And remember the context. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing to them. And they're about as messed up as a church can get. I mean, they are a church that you wouldn't want to go to today. If you, if it was uh, in our community, you would avoid that church. And I'm not saying that because God would turn a blind eye to their evil or their disobedience. I'm not saying that because uh, God doesn't deal with sin. I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying that we learn a lesson regarding God's mercy, God's grace, but also as this chapter and this book continues, Paul right now is putting the Corinthian, listen church, he's putting the Corinthian believer in the place of reminding them where they are with Jesus, positionally as a believer, like you today. He's not excusing their conduct. He's not overlooking overlooking the sin and the um, misconduct in their life regarding Christ. He's going to get to that in a big way. But he is showing them the way to heaven. And we have a message entitled this morning, Our Royal Route to Heaven. Will you jot that down? Our Royal Route to Heaven. And it's found in verses four to nine. It's very, very powerful. So excuse me in advance. I'm very excited about this. I can't wait to get this message out. And so there's a tendency for me to be excited about this word. Verse four, 1 Corinthians one. Paul says to them, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and in all knowledge even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you so that you come short of no gift eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who will also confirm you to the end That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You guys, no wonder why Paul is studied, even outside of Christian circles, regarding his ability to communicate truth. There are several verses here that are profound. You cannot miss these verses. Your life will suffer for it if you do. If you had to break this portion of scripture down into bullet point segments, it's basically these three things, but we'll look at them in detail. It's this, that the Lord's people needed encouragement. The Corinthians needed encouragement. Yes, they were living sinful lives. Yes, listen, they had, as it were, a Bible in one hand, but on Monday they had a girl in the other hand. They might have had a Bible in one hand on Sunday evening service, but they might have had drugs in their hand on Wednesday nights. They were messed up up as a church they lived in a sense of yeah we're okay we're walking with Jesus and on the other side they were living a life that was completely not only opposite to Christianity but we will learn uh, in future studies that they were Christians living a life that not even non-believers lived it was shocking so they needed encouragement in righteousness and he's going to give them that what else it's this What did the church at Corinth learn? And that was this, that they would be learning from these verses a practical, factual, living hope applied to them in a daily life. That Christianity, listen, church, Christianity is not a Sunday gig. If your Christianity is limited to Sundays, you're messed up. You're a Corinthian. Ushers, just open the doors and let the people out. Just let them go. I don't want to hear that. I want to do my God thing. And you better keep that message to 59 minutes. And you better. Hey, listen, you know what? Putting God into our lives is not a convenience of ours. God has invited us into his kingdom. He's adopted us as sons and daughters. And this is our life. He is our life. We don't allow him a Sunday. We allow him as we shall see everything regarding our lives. And what did the church do with the information given. From the vantage point, Paul had hoped that the church would begin to live a life worthy of the name of Christ. So thus, we are on this royal route to heaven. Before we dive into it, drop this verse down. It's very exciting. It's a great way to start. You can mark it down or turn there. Colossians 3, verse 1, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae in Turkey, and he says, if then you were raised with Christ, that's a fact, by the way, If you're a Christian today, the Bible says you are positionally raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above. That is the things that concern heaven. Where Christ sits, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. You are looking at me. I'm wearing a purple shirt and I'm five feet ten. Outside of that, that's it. You are to know me in Christ. I'm looking at Mark. He's ready for the beach. He's got his flip-flops on, his board shorts, and his T-shirt. But you know what? Mark is seated at the right hand of God in the heavenlies, according to the scripture. He's going there in route to an inheritance, and that's a royal road that you and I are on. You're here today as a believer, and God has ordained you and I for eternity. And he's speaking that to the Corinthian believers who are living sinful lives. The Bible tells us, as we read a moment ago, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places and we are to seek those things that concern Christ. And so our great prayer is this. It shouldn't be this, shouldn't be that, shouldn't be the other. It should be, Lord, what do you want to do in my life for the glory of your kingdom? Dear Lord, what causes your heart to beat in eternity? Let my heart beat here regarding that on earth. The life of a believer. Number one, it's this. The royal route to heaven... That is, the Christian's roadmap to eternity is filled with allowance. And that is this, verse 4 Allowance. We have been graced, market, graced by God. You know, I want to tell you right now, the cults hate that word grace. My Mormon friends will tell me, oh, you're the gracers, you guys at Calvary. You're the gracers. Did you know that's a nickname? In Mormonism, I love my Mormon friends, but in Mormonism, they don't believe in the full grace of God. And they'll look at us and they think, we think, that because God's grace abounds, then we can go live and sin and do whatever we want to do. But every true believer knows that ain't true. But they don't understand that, so they'll call us gracers. Well, let me celebrate what the Bible teaches in allows us today, and that is that we've been graced by God this way. Number one, it's this. God's grace has brought us together. God does that. Look at verse one. I thank my God. Circle the word always. The word in Greek means without stopping. I thank my God without stopping concerning you. I'm thanking them all the time, Paul said. Paul, are you crazy? The church at Corinth was a bunch of nincompoops. They failed miserably. It was the least likely of a church for a spirit-filled believer to attend. They had all kinds of spiritual activities outwardly, but they were failing inwardly. Paul says, I thank God for them. Isn't that radical, you guys? Who are you this morning? Are you a Christian? Well, yeah. Are you struggling? Yep. Are you having a hard time? Listen, I don't even want to say this, but it's biblical. Are you a Christian and you're living a life you ought not to be living, a a life unapproved by God? You wouldn't say yes right now if that's you today. Paul would say to you today, I thank my God for you. And I don't understand that. My flesh says, what? My flesh says, Paul, don't say that too loud. It's too late. It's written in the Bible I think my God always concerning you. Paul is reminding them in love that they are all traveling together on that road to heaven. Pastor Paul's heart is this. I'm thanking and I'm thankful to God for you. It's Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of Christ that it's all about. And here's the amazing thing. The Corinthian believers had come to believe in the gospel. They needed correction, yes. They needed instruction, yes. They needed a an adjustment? Absolutely. Did they need to repent? Certainly. But the universal spread of the gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Corinthian church had believed it and brought them together. And history tells us they were a group of people from all different walks of life. They were slaves, they were rich people, they were free people, they were uh, civic leaders, they were you name it, just like it is in here today. Also this, not only did God bring us together by his grace, but verse one also teaches us that that by God's grace, it was a sovereign thing. That sovereignly given was God's grace to us. And here's the reason for Paul's thankfulness. How could Paul thank God for a goofed up church? He says this, for, or Bible student, the word is because, for or because, the grace of God which is given to you. This is amazing, Paul would say, I'm thanking God for you, even though your life is messed up right now, because God's grace has been given to you in this life. Man, I got to tell you, Paul is one mature, spiritually rock-solid dude, is he not? The people that would be kept out of most churches, Paul would start a church and say, come on in. Now listen, he wouldn't condone their sin. Oh, he's going to let them, I tell you, we're going to get to chapter 2 and 3 and 4, he's going to fry them. But he sets up their position first to get them ready for spanking. You know, I don't know how your dad used to do it, but my dad used to say, go to your room, because here I come. Well, Paul is basically saying, I tell you what, God loves you, you've been graced by Jesus Christ, you're in the family of God, go to your room. I'll be there in a minute. They were chosen by God, given the grace of God, which was given to them freely. Paul is speaking about things given and gifts given to us as believers, to believers at Corinth. And that is the grace of God. That word grace is charis. It's impossible to get. It's impossible to earn. It's impossible to achieve. It's impossible to buy it. It's impossible to find it. It's God's given grace freely. God distributes it. It's his choice. And it's something that it transcends the economy of this world. It's the grace of God. Grace is how the work at the cross is applied to our lives, applied to you and I.
0: You're listening to Real Life with Pastor Jack Hibbs. You know, to hear more episodes and maybe catch up in the series, just go to jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. And for now, let's get back to our teaching. Once again, here's Pastor Jack. God's grace is sovereignly given this way. Jot it down. It's Ephesians chapter two,
1: verse four, starting there. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, wherewith he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, that's our wicked sin, he made us alive together with Christ for by grace, you have been saved. Verse 8 goes on, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can someone say amen? amen? That means you ain't getting to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. Why? You can't keep them. Well, I kept four of them. The Bible says if you miss one of them, you're guilty of all of them. Did you know that? Nobody can get there by being good enough. The Bible says none of us are good enough. And when you understand that, you run to God's grace. And it's that grace, by the way, that Paul will get to that will convert your heart to live for Christ. Romans chapter six, verse 17. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and having been set free from sin. Church, hello, listen, having been the Greek, as in the English, past tense, you, Wait, raise your hand. I need to see if you're out there. Yes. According to the scripture, if you're a Christian, you've been set free from sin. That means it's power to control your life. And you became slaves of righteousness. Yes. Hey, you're going to be a slave in one way or another. You got to serve somebody. Bob Dylan said, it might be the devil. It might be the Lord. But everybody got to serve somebody. Listen, you are are a slave of Jesus this morning or you are a slave of sin? That sin being your own self-desires. Well, how do I know? Number one, the heartbeat of heaven will become your heartbeat. The things that will interest heaven interest you now. You will experience a slow, in some areas, some areas immediate, change in your life. I know for me personally, I went from... Cussing like a sailor one day to not again. But concerning other things, God is still working in my life. I'm prone, I have, I'm prone in the area of temper. I, that's my thing. I've got to control my temper. If I don't read the Bible, my temper will seek to take over. Now, I know that's not true in your life because you're looking at me right now like, oh, you bunch of sinners. You're just like me in different areas but just like me (laughs) we all need his grace to get us through not to cover over or glaze over our indiscretions and our what's the word our failures and our faults the world will call them you know i just keep coming up short the bible calls that rotten stinking christ crucifying sin what do you really feel about it pastor I know that my sin put Jesus on the cross. You never even had to be born. My sin alone put Jesus on the cross. We're never to make light of God's grace. This is a shocking thing to say regarding God's grace. Did you know that eventually God's grace on earth will expire? Did you know that? I told you before, not too long ago, but God's grace expired on a particular day when God said, I will wait 120 years while Noah's building the ark. And the day that door shuts, that's it. The door didn't get halfway up on the ark and then go back down because a few people came ran on the No, the door shut. The Bible says, by the way, Mr. Noah didn't shut it. Neither did Mrs. Noah. The Bible says God shut the door on the ark. Time expired. God's grace will someday expire. You will have no opportunity to come to Christ someday. And only God knows that moment. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's true. But Genesis 6, 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit, that is my Holy Spirit, shall not strive with man forever. That's equally true. God will not put up with continuous disobedience forever. And either when Christ comes for the church, for many people that moment will expire, or maybe, maybe your life Maybe today's your last day on earth. I don't know. Our heart grieves this week. We made a beautiful announcement to you last week regarding Mali and all that God has done for you and for us in Mali with over 600 children. And you guys responded beautifully. And uh, we have people deployed right now. there, not by choice. We've got people that have landed by now in Mali because while we were just the day after we were giving that announcement to all of you and you responded so beautifully to your work in Mali. The eight-month-old daughter of our pastor over that work got bit by a mosquito, got malaria, and died on the street at 2 a.m. as they were waiting for some form of transportation to get her to the hospital in the city. Their baby died, eight months old. The grief of that. Now that's with a baby and that precious baby, Cynthia's in the presence of the Lord right now, rejoicing that little baby is. But what about you who you know about the grace of God, but you've rejected him? You've not allowed his grace to come into your life. There's been been no accepted allowance to you. He's offering it, but you're rejecting it. And then also this God's grace will never fail the child of God. Oh, this is good. Why? Look at the end of verse one. Why? Because it's by Christ Jesus. Can you circle the word by? You guys... There's a guy that lives a few doors up from me with a pickup truck. I think it's a GMC. I actually don't even know what it is. I haven't looked at that part of it. It's a big, gnarly looking truck. He's an elevator operator guy. I mean, he's got a manly truck. He looks manly. It's a big man's truck. I could never drive that truck. It's too manly of a truck. It's a beefy looking thing. And it's got some, it says on the side of it, built by the manufacturer. It says by, uh, powered by Allison. And it says it's a something super engine motor thing. Truck. And every time I walk by that truck, I feel like a little girl when I walk by that truck. Because my Ford looks like a wimp compared to that truck. My Ford's only powered by Ford. But his GMC is powered by Allison. Whoever Allison is sounds kind of girly, but I guess it's a big deal. And he starts it up and he goes, it sounds like a jet engine. And mine goes, your salvation is powered by Christ. Jesus, you ain't gonna get better than that. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, I, I'm, I'm trusting in my church to get me to heaven. Oh, really? Good luck. I'm trusting in my good works to get me into heaven. Good luck. I'm trusting if I blow myself up and take out a bunch of infidels, I'll go to heaven. Good luck. My salvation is powered by Jesus Christ. Who powers your salvation? The grace of God says Jesus did it. All to him we owe. It's an amazing thing. Am I yelling? Sorry, I'm just getting started. I'm sorry about that. His grace will never fail us. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, that is in heaven, yet for your sakes he became poor. The word means to stoop into humanity that you through his poverty might become rich that is elevated by his divinity isn't that awesome wow he came down so we could go up what an amazing God we have now a little bit about God's grace I steal these words from G. Campbell Morgan he says the doctrine of the grace of God is purely academic until you need it then it becomes the most useful practical resource available to the Christian warrior and his witness think of that
0: pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio, with his message called Our Royal Route to Heaven. Thanks for being with us today. You know, this message is part of Pastor Jack's series called First Corinthians. It's a series on the Corinthian church and the Apostle Paul's bold call for purity. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio.
1: Hey, this is Jack Hibbs here, and I want to encourage you to get our brand new book, Living in the Days of Deception. This book is specifically written to help you and I navigate these very deceptive times. Here's a special offer. Yes, it is available wherever books are sold. However, right here at JackKibbs.com, if you order it here with us, you will get and only get right here four video teachings where I address certain aspects of the book with you personally. And so we look forward to you getting your own copy, Living in the Days of Deception right here at jackhibbs.com
0: and you can get the four exclusive bonus teachings as well. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is available for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com days. That's D-A-Z-E, days. Once again, jackhibbs.com D-A-Z-E. You know, Jack Hibbs truly believes that we are living in some of the most exciting days in history, which brings some great opportunities to share with the world a powerful, no-nonsense presentation of the gospel to this generation, who, by the way, are really searching for answers and for truth. Will you stand with us in sharing this message in real and practical ways? We ask that you commit to support real life and the teachings of Jack Hibbs with a gift of your choosing. Simply go to jackhibbs.com. There you'll find instructions on how to give a one-time gift or a recurring gift. If you'd prefer to call, here's that phone number, 877-777-2346. One more time, 877-777-2346. Your gift will be faithfully put to work because it's our desire that through Jesus Christ, you will know real life. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in his word. We'll see you next time here on Real Life Radio.